You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. We are live at the Cleveland Baptist Church Heritage Christian School Chapel Time. Thank you. One student here today. Great. These kids are duds, man. Where'd you get these kids? <laughs> it's school time. It's school time. Are you glad to be here? This is a first. This is a first. Uh, we have never done a live taping like this in front of a live audience. Right. Most of our audiences are dead. <laughs> we're pretty dead. <laughs> we're pretty dead. No, we're not. We're exciting people. We've got about 25 students today that are going to ask us all kinds of questions. We have about, in front of us, we have probably 50 questions. We can't do them all on this segment, but we are going to try and cover these that we can't do today in mm-hmm. other segments of Tim Talks. This is episode, this is going to be episode... 814, should be. 814. Excellent. So we're excited to do this. So Tim Talks... Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, is a brainchild of Brother Wolven. Uh, he asked me, how many years ago now? About six. Six years. Yeah. Uh, if, if I'd like to do a podcast. And I said, well, what's a podcast? And so he told me. And we decided that we wanted to help young people. So the reason we're doing this is to try and answer questions and give a view of the ministry so that you, as young people, would want to be in the ministry and learn from this. So that's what we're doing. So we get some great questions today, and we're going to get right to it. We're going to start with our first question. We have a young lady who's going to give us her name, ask her a question, and then we are going to mock her to no end, okay? Um, <laughs> there will be a lot of mocking today, just so you know. That's what we do. Uh, usually, we only have each other, so this is going to yes. be great to have a variety of mocking. So if we make fun of you, please, again, remember, we love you. Uh, don't cry. Don't leave the church. It's only fun stuff. In fact, I said to Brother Wolven, I said, hey, let's start by having you go hide behind the wall. And I'll say, does anybody know where Brother Wolven is? And he'd go, here I am. Uh, so just, that's where we're going to start. Okay, Here we go. All right. We don't normally know who sits in these chairs, but for day, they, today they're the seat of the scornful. So. Yeah. All right. Start us off. Hello. My name is Juliana. I'm in eighth grade. And my question is, what do you think that God has for your life? So what do you think God has for our life or your life? Our life? Us. All right. Wow. Well, a lot of punishment for Brother Wolven. A lot, a lot of punishment. <laughs> Chastisement. Chastisement. For me, reward and benefit. Um, for my life, right now, I see in my life that I am going to complete the country of Canada with a Gospel John, a Book of Romans. Not myself personally, but our ministry, the Canadian Gospel Project. And then we're going to endeavor to reach America with the gospel. And if I could do that in my lifetime, that would be phenomenal. I asked my wife, if I die, um, or when I die, um, if she would put on a marker for me, he reached his nation with the gospel. That's, that's what I would like to be my legacy. It'd be the first, first ever to do that. 
really cool. That, that's humble. It is humble. <laughs> it is humble. All right. For me, I am winding down as being a pastor. Our church members are counting out the days until I retire. Uh, but uh, I'm also working with a lot of other areas. But one of the areas that I've been working with is an organization we started trying to help independent Baptist pastors and churches in Ohio uh, interact with their legislators. So I would probably have more time to work with Awake America Ohio, maybe after about four or five years, I don't know. Uh, we're praying right now to, to see uh, who the person may be that be succeeding me. So that's just my guess. Amen. I'd like to see too, I, I'd kind of like to do what Brother Wolven's going to do. I'd like to be a lobbyist in Canada. We don't have lobbyists for churches in Canada and we desperately need them. So I have a young man, he's 18 years old right now. He's working as an assistant to a member of parliament in Canada and he'd like to get involved in, in uh, politics and I'm working with him to try and structure something to do that. So that'd be really neat. Amen. Thank you very much. Give her a hand. Big hand. Yeah. Awesome. All right, we have a, yo a lovely young lady ready to ask us a question. Ask away. Um, my name is Mia, and I'm in the eighth grade, and my question is how to cope with anxiety. Move out of your house. Get away from your parents. Your mother is a stress producer. Um, I would say that, and... <laughs> I'd definitely talk to your pastor. Uh, I wouldn't. He's, he's always going to agree with him. <laughs> Mia, um, anxiety is a real problem today, in all seriousness. And I've dealt with some folks that have really had problems with that. I tell you this. I have a lady that I've worked with for over a year. She's been, she was cutting herself for a number of years. And she uh, couldn't stop. And she said, would you please help me? She has successfully not cut herself for over a year. And all I did was tell her repeatedly. And we had to work through this. You've got to read your Bible every day. You have got to pray and ask God to help you to have that peace and that comfort and for strength to do that. You have got to be in regular church attendance. You have got to find some source of laughter in your life. Find something that makes you happy and do that. Surround yourself with friends that are happy and you have got to listen to the right music. If you're not listening to the right music, you will struggle with anxiety because the music of this yeah. day promotes anxiety. It's, it's a problem, and there are a lot of teenagers who listen to the wrong music. And I don't have to name a genre. You know what's good and what's bad, and you know what uplifts you. She was listening to really uh, hard, um, almost sinister music at bedtime. So those were the thoughts going through her mind at night. And we got her turned away from that, and she, it's, it's incredible. The change is incredible in her life. But it's basic. That's basic Christianity, and she wasn't doing those things and uh, I just find that if you focus on yourself, if you focus on the problems of this world, you will have anxiety. If you focus on Christ and his things, you will have a peace. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, and a lot of others as well. And it's not individual fruits to say, well, I've got three of them and I'm missing the other four. But the Holy Spirit produces peace in our lives. If we yield ourselves to him now, how we are made is a little bit different than the gifts God has made us. So I, I think the Lord made both of us just happy people by nature. Yeah. And so then the joy of the Lord just sort of really multiplies that. But some people are worriers by nature. Some people are 
jealous people by nature, you know. So when, when somebody may be a worrier or fearful by nature, then the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to help combat that. So, so anyone that's dealing with anxiety, and we all go through seasons of it anyway, no matter how we're made. So whenever anybody's dealing with anxiety, they need to get more in the Bible, listen to maybe, uh, you know, scripture songs, listen to good music, uh, just immerse ourselves in the word of God and pray constantly throughout the day. Lord, help me not to worry today. Let me get through this one class where I don't worry or help get me to lunchtime till I don't worry. Just help me. And as we begin to think of those troublesome things, just give, give them to God. Empty our heart to God. I know that that does help. Anxiety comes from uncertainty. When you have a test, you don't know what's going to be on that test. And you're nervous that you've studied the right things. Um, you start liking someone. You're uncertain if they're going to like you back. And you get anxious. You start a new job. You don't know if you're going to be able to do it well. So you get anxious. And so uncertainty. So anything that you can make from uncertainty to a certainty, a lot of teenagers struggle with, where am I going to go to college? Who am I going to marry? What's my life going to be? And as soon as you can, if you can, if you can from the Lord figure out what those next steps are going to be, that will really help you. Great question. Great question. Thank you very much. Hi, my name is Ismarie, and I'm in eighth grade. And my question is, why can't a woman learn to become a pastor even though they have a strong connection with God? Great question. Can I start that one? Well, because first of all, and if I heard you right, it was about the pastor? Yes. Okay. Pastor. Why a woman pastor. can't be a pastor. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I suffered that, uh, that, that a woman should not speak in the church with authority over a man. And so whenever people heard Jesus speak, they were amazed and they said, wow, he speaks with authority. And not like the other people we've been listening to. And so any biblical speaking and preaching is going to be done with the authority of God's word. And so God in his word has said, I do not allow a woman to speak in the church with authority over a man. And so whether we like it, whether we would agree with it or not, that's what God said. So it's one of those situations that we just trust the Lord and find many multiple ways in which uh, you can still serve the Lord. Even in the New Testament, the Bible talked about women prophetesses, and so uh, a prophetess, and, and so obviously she wasn't going around holding tent meetings or something, but, but she was, they were serving the Lord in the way and the capacity that the Lord had provided. I would say because we like to keep a message to about 30 minutes, and I don't think there's a lady that can talk longer than that, uh, would be my answer. So, no. <laughs> uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 says, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husband at home, for it's a shame for a woman to speak in the church. So it's Bible. And that doesn't degrade women because there are a lot of things that women do. And let's be honest, if it weren't for ladies in our churches, our churches would be in huge trouble. We wouldn't have a Sunday school 
We wouldn't have a nursery department. We wouldn't have a lot of special music. We wouldn't have piano players a lot in a lot of churches. There is a great value to women in the church. And, and a lot of ladies in this day would think, well, those verses are degrading to women or that they're condescending to women, but that's not it at all. Somebody has to have an authority. Somebody has to be in charge. And God has chosen, and this sounds hard, but chosen men who are often uh, less emotional based in their leadership and decision making. So God said, I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let that sex that has a stronger leadership built within them, take that lead. But I'm telling you, if it weren't for my wife, for the ladies of our church, it just, we could not have done in our ministry what we did without those ladies. I tell people that I was the pastor, but my wife and Brother Holland, who's my associate, really built the Bible Baptist Church. They, they were soul winners, they loved people. Nobody's surprised people. about that. No, I know they're not, but that's the truth. So that's, that's the answer. It's a biblical answer. It doesn't jive with today, but that's what God ordered and that's what we're supposed to do. Okay? Thank you very much, great question. Good question. Common question today, common question yep. today. Yeah. Okay, too tall, we got, we got a giant at the mic now. Hi, my name is Nino, I am in eighth grade. My question is, do you think it was God's will to start Tim Talks? Absolutely, I do. Do you think it was God's will for us to start Tim Talks? Well, I've had my doubts, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not God's will for us to keep going, but it was His will for us to start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it, as he alluded to it before, my son came, he was, he was probably about 32, 33, came in my office one day and said, Hey, Dad, you realize that the average person under 30 listens to eight hours a day of podcasts. And he said, I've been searching everywhere. There are no independent Baptist podcasts at all. Nowhere. And so um, you know, all that there were podcasts at that time were you know, sermons from churches. They just put them in a podcast format. But it, it was a sermon, a church service. And so... We started talking about it. We went through different sessions and, and did some pro, did some pilot episodes. And it was like, and my son said again, hey, Dad, all my life, I love going out to eat with pastors just to hear them talk and tell stories and interact. He said, that's what you guys need to do. And so that's why we're sort of unscripted and shoot from the hip and sometimes say stuff that we wish we never did but it's just a conversational podcast, and so that's a way that we open up. So yeah, I think it's the Lord's will, and our desire really is to try to help people. And there's been many people who've tried to copy us and- Failed, yeah, miserably, yeah, exactly. crash and burn. They may have billions more listeners than us, but they're-, they're Yeah, they're, they're not as good. Um, they don't have China locked up and, and Japan. <laughs> they don't have Japan in their pocket like we do. Um, I will tell you that when Brother Wolven said this, uh, what was popular at the time was TED Talks and still is very popular. And it was about a 10 minute podcast where they got on, just gave you some great facts. And so we kind of bounced off of that name. But I said, in Canada, when we get together, we go to Tim Hortons. And it's, it's a little different here. It's not as social here as it is in Canada. And I can tell you every Tim Hortons in our town, I can tell you who's gonna be in that Tim Hortons because everybody's got their own little place. And when we sit at Tim Hortons, we sit and have coffee and we just talk through the business of the day. If I'm going to have a business meeting with someone, I'll meet them there. If I have family and they say, hey, let's get together, we usually meet there. Uh, it's just kind of a cultural thing. And so we took Ted 
and we turned it into Tim because of Tim Hortons and the Tim Talks. And uh, he said, well, let's add the I and make it taking interest in ministry. So that was kind of neat. So that's what we did. And uh, we're into episode 814 with this one. And we have picked up a great listening audience. It's funny, wherever we go, people come up. I was in a church one time and somebody said, are you Dr. Al Stone? I said, yeah. He goes, I knew it. I, I know your voice from Tim Talks. I was in Fairbanks, Alaska. And the guy said, I listen to Tim Talks. I said, in Alaska? So it was really neat to see how the Lord's done that. And I've gotten some preaching meetings and people said, we listen to Tim Talks and we want you to come. And so nobody yeah. recognizes me until I laugh. That's right. So, the laugh gives it. it away. Six-year-old lady smoking cigarettes right there. There it is. It's kind of sinister, don't you think? <laughs> it kind of scares me when he does it, to be honest with you. Thank you. Thank you. Nino, I just got to ask, do you have a little brother and is his name Nano? <laughs> You'll get that later. Thanks, Nino. Awesome. Thanks. Great question. Who's up next? Start standing up. Those who uh, are following behind the next four or five people stand up. Get ready to go. There we go. Go ahead, sir. Hi, my name is Titus. I'm in the eighth grade. And my question is, why hasn't God stopped Satan from sp spreading sin? Great question. Go ahead. Great question. Because God is a God of free will. If he wasn't, then we would just be robots. The, the angels would be robots, robots. God has allowed for a free will, even with Satan. And that's, a, again, that's a very good question. And that's been asked to me many times. My kids have asked that question to me. Why doesn't God just stamp him out? God, when he created the world, had a plan. And in that plan, for some reason, he allowed for Satan. If there wasn't a Satan, would we really choose Christ? Would we have a need to choose Christ? Um, what about those people that you know fell before Satan was taken out? What about them? So I think once God ordered that plan and gave people an opportunity to choose good or evil, to choose Christ or follow the things of the devil, he had to let that plan go. Or he was just a dictator God and that's not our God. Yeah, we can only look backward. We can't really look forward. And so uh, everything about the gospel just reveals how great God is. And so had man not sinned, we would never really understand the love of God and the greatness of God, the goodness of God. And that, you know, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, for a good man, some would dare to die, but God died for us. And so the whole situation, of course, God knew what was gonna happen because the Bible says that Jesus was actually slain before the foundation of the world. God had already known what was going to happen, but it, it magnifies the goodness of God. It, it makes us amazed. I mean, we can look around at creation and say, wow, God is really amazing. But whenever we look and we see that God loves a sinner and Jesus died, Jesus as God died for a sinner. Now, how much more are we gonna love the Lord those of us that, that are redeemed. So I couldn't really tell you why, but looking backward, I can sure see a, a, an effect that it makes even God even greater to love us so much. I'm working on a message right now called the will of the wicked one. Satan has a will and he has a will for you. God, we have God's will. Well, Satan has a will for you as well. And I think that's a great question to ask because obviously we know the devil is here. We know that he is active. But we don't, we don't often think about that. We don't often make that serious. The devil wants you. If he can't have your soul, then he's gonna mess you up as much as he can so that you can't be a witness for Jesus Christ. 
And we have to understand that because God allows him, we have to be ready for that. And I think it makes us more dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit within us, and it makes us more dependent on God to watch over us. Great question, Titus. Excellent. Give it up. For my man, T-Man. T-Man. Those are great. What a great podcast. Great questions, eh? And there are a lot more questions to come. Yeah, man. This is day number one. We've got two more days. Wednesday and Friday. Join us as we uh, meet with the student body of Heritage Christian School. They have been fantastic. Great questions. Uh, some tough yeah, ones. Some tough ones. And we got some great ones some coming. Some fun ones. That's right. This is Tim Talks. We're going to be back with you on Wednesday. We hope that you'll join us with the student body of Heritage Christian School. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.